Walk-Off, USA Today's number one baseball podcast. I'm Ted Berg, joined on the line, uh, as I often am, by my colleague Bob Nightingale, calling in from Boston. Yeah, all set for the final weekend, the uh, David Ortiz celebration, and uh, getting ready for the playoffs. Should be uh, should be a fun October. Yeah, and you know while the wild card spots are are really <laughs> wide open in in both leagues, uh, the the divisions are all wrapped up and and have been. It seems like the divisional races this year uh, lost clearly lost out in excitement to the to their uh, you know the stepchildren wild card races, I suppose. Uh, but you know it means the we can we can start taking a look at the awards races and and you put out uh, your choices and and who you think will win uh, all of the major awards. And, and I want to go through them. Uh, I'm with you on many, uh, and, and I'm not on a few. So, so let's talk about them and, and start with the AL Cy Young, uh, which is an, an interesting one in that there are a, a bunch of good cases and no real like outstanding ones. Yeah, I mean, there's some uh, great pitchers uh, in this. You know, I, I chose uh, Rick Porcello of the of the Boston Red Sox. You know, just going, uh, you know, winning, winning 22 games, uh, a low ERA, you know, 311 ERA right there. And I, I give him the nod over, you know, Corey Kluber, uh, Verlander, you know, the Blue Jays guys of Happen Sanchez and Chris Sale. Now, the one guy, too, of course, people are going to argue is uh, Zach Britton, the Baltimore Orioles closer. But, you know, you're still talking about pitching 150 innings less than uh, Porcello. And I agree with, you know, after talking to uh, Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin years ago, I think even Smoltz, too, is that uh, a reliever probably deserves more uh, mention in an MVP race than a Cy Young race. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on on Porcello over Britain uh, certainly, and, and I think there's a good case for Kluber and and even maybe for Sale. Uh, but one guy uh, that you didn't mention just now, but you did mention in the column that hasn't really been talked about much in this race that I think has a pretty good can- chance to jump in there uh, is Justin Verlander, and I say that because you know Verlander has sort of quietly been excellent all year. Uh, he's way up there in innings. He's he's right there. I think he's fourth in the league in ERA, and he. Starting a game on Sunday that may very well determine the Tigers' fate, uh, and so you know, I can you see a situation where if Verlander goes out and throws you know eight shutout innings against against Julio Tehran and the Braves on Sunday, where he jumps ahead in that Cy Young race? Yeah, it's possible, Ted. I mean, say that game means everything for the Tigers on Sunday. Say if he pitches a nine inning shutout, it's going to get some people's attention. Like, whoa, uh, this guy did this in the heat of the battle and everything else. Uh, so that's got a chance to uh, sway some voters for sure. And yeah, if you look for you know strictly analytics and everything else, Verlander you know might be on top over uh, over everybody. It's just the uh, you know he had a couple hiccups there in September where he wasn't completely lights out, and uh, I, I think that's going to hurt him down the stretch here. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. You know, I feel like we we sort of write off Verlander or wrote off Verlander as this frontline ace, you know, uh, last year and and the year before. But he's he's right back there pitching like he did, not quite as well as he did when he was winning the MVP award, but uh, still certainly pitching like a like a number one guy. Uh, let's move over to the NL. Uh, and and for the NL Cy Young, you know, you mentioned a, a few good cases here. Uh, where are you going with this? 
You know, I tell you what, about a uh, two weeks ago, you know, I saw Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs just shut down the uh, almost pitch a no hitter against the Cardinals. I said, he's my guy. A couple days later, I saw John Lester. I said, oh, he's my guy. Then I, I saw Max Scherzer, you know, pitching against the uh, Marlins. And I said, oh, man, I got to go with him. But uh, I, I started taking a close look. I got to go with Scherzer. You know, he uh, leads the league in victories, innings pitch, strikeouts, whip. You know, he's got pretty much all the. Uh, ranking right there about every analytic award besides uh, besides the record is ERA now it's about a half a run higher than Lester and in uh, you know almost uh, eight tenths of a run higher than uh, you know Henricks but but I got I got to go Scherzer in this one yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think it's Scherzer, and and I think the difference. I, I get the case for Hendricks. Uh, obviously, spectacular ERA, spectacular season, really fun pitcher. Uh, but Scherzer just has such a such a big distinction in innings. Uh, like you said, leading the league. Uh, I, I feel like you're talking about you know most valuable pitcher on the year. It's it's him. Yeah, and he's had a uh, marvelous, marvelous years, particularly, you know, w- without Strasburg. You know, and, uh, you know, the one thing about, you know, Henricks and Lester is they, they had Arietta too. They had John Lackey, too. It's like, it's almost uh, where a, a lot of times Scherzer ha- has had to do this by himself. All right, let's move over to uh, what I imagine you could have guessed would be uh, the point of contention for me uh, on the AL MVP award. Uh, where, who do you see it going to? Who are you voting for? I'm going Mookie Betts. Uh, you know, I think going down the stretch here, it was between Betts and Donaldson, Manny Machado of Baltimore, uh, Altuve. Even if you want to throw in, you know, David Ortiz or Robinson Cano. Uh, but I got to go Betts. I mean, he's he's clearly the most valuable player in the league. I mean, leads the league, leads the team in everything. You know, you're talking about hitting 320, 31 homers, 112 ribbies, 119 runs, 211 hits. Uh, leads the league in total bases. I I, I got to go him, and I and I know where you're going going with this with uh, <laughs> Mike Trout, but I just I completely disagree. To me, it's not the best player award, or else Barry Bonds would have won 15, 20 of these things. It's the uh, it's the most valuable player. And, and Mike Sosha said it best a month ago when when the writers there asked him, "You think?" Uh, Mike Trout should be the MVP, and he said no. Uh, you know, now he changed his tune a couple of days ago, but he said no. To me, it's you know most valuable player. That should be come from a contending team. So if Mike Trout, you know, was not with the Angels, maybe maybe they finished fifth instead of fourth. So you know, it, it's a shame, but he gets penalized by his own teammates. I totally get that, and and I, I 100% understand that the argument that it should be, you know, the guy who's since it, it's almost like a like the the Hall of Fame voting where where you know prestige comes into it as well, and the idea that you know yeah it should be someone it it all it almost always has been someone who is the best player on you know one of the best teams. So I get that, like, uh, but, but I guess what I contend with is. That is, in, in, you're right, and and again, like I, I I get the I get the case for Betts, and Betts has had an, a phenomenal season. There's no doubt about that. There have been far far worse MVP choices uh, in the past. Uh, you know, there's no no gripe with him winning. But you say uh, it's it's most valuable player and not most outstanding player. But I think that that to me that's backwards, right? And and because if you're looking at you know just the way a 
player affects his club in the standings. To me, that's just how many, you know, how many more wins does he bring to his team over the course of a season than, uh, than you know, the next player, than the next candidate. Whereas most outstanding player is, is to me, what you're talking about. And I would have no, uh, no problem if we just said that that's what the award is for. But that would be the guy who stands out to me, you know, the, the guy who stands out as the best player on the best team. So my case would be that if this is the most valuable player award and you're just talking in terms of how many wins he held and you're just talking about wins and losses, it's still a guy on a last place team. Yeah, I just can't go that way. You know, if uh, if Trout won the Triple Crown, okay, you know, something like that, or was you know that much better than a uh, than everybody else. But I don't see it. I mean, I I think you know you know Betts is uh, his numbers are, are you know very close to him, and you can go on and on with Donaldson, what a Tubi does, of course with Ortiz. Uh, you know, if if this was the case, we never would have given Terry Pendleton the MVP that year over Barry Bonds, or uh, uh, certainly Daryl Strawberry had much greater numbers uh, than Kurt Gibson. You know, back in '88. But Gibson meant everything to the uh, to the Dodgers, and uh, you know it's also about inspiration and everything else. So yeah, I I really like bets in this thing, and uh, you know I wouldn't you know tell you the truth, I wouldn't have Trout in the top four or five just because they're a fourth place team, even though he's the best player in the league, if not baseball. Yeah, I think that's I, that's totally fair. I would be cool with retroactively awarding Barry Bonds, you know, 15 <laughs> MVP awards. That would be fine with me if we said like, all right, let's start anew and and just you know come up with a new award for the actual best player, and we just give them all the Barry Bonds, and then now all to and then you know a run of Albert Pujols, and then now Mike Trout. Um, you know, that, that would be fine too. Uh, maybe we can establish some new award. Uh, we can move on. This is this is a debate that has been uh, thoroughly discussed obviously on the internet basically every year because Mike Trout tends to be the best player on a sub 500 team uh, AL Rookie of the Year uh Interesting, interesting little bit of a discussion here because it was Michael Fulmer all year long, a runaway, and then Gary Sanchez sort of surged into the scene in, in August and September. Yeah, I mean, what Sanchez is doing is historical. You know, hitting 20 home runs quicker than anybody, you know, as soon as they start at youth movement. But Fulmer's been there all year. Without Michael Fulmer, they're not, you know, on the brink of the wild card here. You know, going 11 7, 306 ERA. Yeah, he stumbled a little bit down the stretch, you know, just fatigue. But this guy, you know, pitched 159 innings, made 26 starts. Uh, he's done everything. Sanchez is a nice little story, but, he, but he's not the rookie of the year. You know, you want to give him the rookie of the month. Yeah, feel free. But the rookie of the year is Fulmer. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Fulmer's had Fulmer's had such a good season, and you know, like you said, they were careful with him, and he stumbled a little, and uh, all the sort of uh, things you come to expect with young pitchers. But uh, he he had a, a banner year, and Sanchez, like you said, it's just it's it's too late. You know, if if he had come even you know in in the beginning of July and had an extra month of doing this, then I think he's got a better case. But uh, for doing it for two months, I, I don't see it. Uh, NL Rookie of the Year uh, was something to me. It it seemed uh, like a no brainer all year. There, it's a, but it's a weird one because uh, there are some really good NL rookies who aren't going to win this. 
Yeah, just even the shortstops. You're talking about Trevor Story. I mean, he leads all shortstops with 27 home runs. Guy hasn't played since the end of July, you know. Uh, Ledmes Diaz, you know, the all-star shortstop from St. Louis. But, yeah, some great, great shortstop. I mean, shortstops. Even you got a uh, Maeda uh, of the Dodgers, obviously, a, a fabulous rookie season for the uh, Dodgers as their, uh, you know, number two starting pitcher. But, yeah, Corey Seager. I mean, you're talking about not the best rookie shortstop ever for the Dodgers, maybe the best rookie season by any shortstop to ever play the game. Uh, I'd be shocked if it's not unanimous vote. Yeah, I almost think Seager, you know, and uh, and I glossed right over NL MVP, um, but but that actually makes for a nice segue because I think there is some case. Uh, I don't think he'll win, and, and I'm not sure he deserves it, but I think that uh, there is some case for for Seager uh, as National League Most Valuable Player. Yeah, uh, certainly uh, among the top five for sure, uh, a marvelous year. But, you know, it's going to go to uh, Chris Bryant, and I think in a runaway. Uh, you know, Bryant, just tremendous year. You know, 293, 39 home runs, 101 ribbies, leads the league with 120 runs, and he, and he bounces from position to position. Just a, uh, you know, for a long time, it was between him and his own teammate, you know, Anthony Rizzo. But, uh, yeah, in the fact Daniel Murphy has done so much for the Nationals, cured that team with Harper's struggles and everything else. But uh, it, it, it's got to be a uh, – I bet Bryant you know, gets at least 26 of the uh, 32 votes or so. Uh, you know, and then if, if, we, if we want to go in the uh, – you know, throw in the uh, story about Mike Trout, you know, whether he should be the AL MVP. You know, if we go on that, strictly best player, that's Nolan Arenado. I mean, no one's a better player than this guy this year. He's been unbelievable for the Rockies, but not the MVP. Yeah, and 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 that's another good point. Uh, but I think I think I'm with you. I think Bryant uh, to me was was just about the best player in the league, and and was on the best team. And you know, it's it's one of these cases. And and I think you can say, well, okay, well, the Cubs were so good. You know, they might have gotten there without Kurt, Chris Bryant, right? But but uh, he was clearly the you know their their top player, their their best guy. Uh, no issue with that. I think the only case I might make for Murphy. Uh, would be that for so many points of this season, it seemed like he was really the only guy. Him and him and Wilson Ramos really were the only guys going for the Nationals. Yeah, if someone you know, and I, I would think Murphy would get a couple of votes. Uh, so I have no problem with that because he. Uh, exactly, you're exactly right, Chad. I mean, he meant probably more to that team maybe than Bryant did. Uh, he carried that offense. Uh, he also hurts him a little bit too, missing the last you know nine or ten games of this regular season. So I mean, he he won't come close to Bryant, but I can certainly see where people will give him some first place love. So and an interesting trend in in these awards, uh, and and you know and I, I guess I would have to go back and and look to see you know when this has been the case before. But uh, with all of the the with both of the MVP awards, it seems like so many of our candidates are exceptionally young, right? That that we're talking about Bryant, who's in his second year, uh, and and Betts, who's in his third year, and, and you know all these guys who are who are so new to baseball, uh, and and really have so much development ahead, uh, playing at the top of their games and playing at the top of the league right now. Uh, do you think is this is this a function of better development or are uh, guys just maturing faster now? What's going on here? 
Yeah, I think that's a great point, Ted. I think a little bit of both. I mean, they, these kids are getting so developed so well before they even, uh, you know, uh, get to professional baseball. And uh, and certainly, uh, you know, we're pushing those guys. I think guys were, you know, in the minor leagues probably a lot longer than they should have been in the past. It's almost like, hey, we'll go to the veterans until they run out of gas. Then we'll bring in the rookie. Uh, I think John Smoltz said it best. Uh, sometime this summer I was talking to him, he says the most unbelievable unbreakable record in all of baseball history will be Greg Maddox. You know, I said, what's that? I, th- I think is I think the stat was Maddox threw 24 complete games one year in the minor leagues. I mean, that will never happen again. And that's the way they used to develop guys. Now, now these guys are being rushed, but they're producing. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Is, is there's just you know, yeah, maybe just so much more focus on it now, especially you know, with the as we've seen, just the economy of the game shifting in so many ways. Just that that always seem to value homegrown players and young talent, and so you know, maybe they've just gotten this much better at at developing young players, and uh, I guess it will be fascinating to see how they hold up over the long haul. And, I, and I'll just throw this at you. Uh, if you were picking uh, one of these young stars right now moving forward for for best player of of their generations, who would be your top your top considerations? Uh, you know, certainly in the uh, in, in the National League, you know, uh, there's no reason in the world that Bryant, you know, with his makeup, body, and everything else, I think he's going to be a stud for a long, long time. I, I think the same thing with Corey Seager. Uh, you know, Anthony Rizzo uh, will, will be around doing – I think he'll be very, very consistent where, where he'll have uh, – both those guys will have a chance to be a, uh, a Hall of Famer one day. And Arenado. I mean, you can argue that Arenado uh, uh, is the best player in baseball, what, what he does. So I don't see these guys going away. You know, Murphy's a little bit older, so – and uh, his success came late. But the other guys, uh, I think they'll be around. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun, and and uh, in more immediate fun, we have a, a fairly crazy weekend of baseball ahead, or what could be at least, and uh, you're gonna have a, an up close view. So uh, enjoy the last three games, and I'm sure we'll talk soon. Sounds great. Looking forward to a, uh, a fun October, Ted. You can check out the walk off on on iTunes. Subscribe, rate us, review us on SoundCloud, on Stitcher. Uh, Bob's stuff is all up at, at usalead.com backslash MLB. Uh, there's going to be plenty more to come from from both of us on on usalead.com. So uh, check it all out and and thanks for listening.